Psalm 61 and verse 2, this is out of the New Living Translation, it says this. This is King David speaking, he says, From the ends of the earth I cry to you for help, speaking to the Lord, talking to the Lord, when my heart is overwhelmed. I cry to you for help when my heart is overwhelmed. Lead me to the towering rock of safety, for you are my safe refuge, a fortress where my enemies cannot reach me. Let's go ahead and pray again over our time in the word. Father, we thank you. We love you. Lord, we thank you that, Lord, this is the day that you have made, even with all the rain. You're the creator of the rain. We know you, you water the, the, the earth with the rain, and we're thank you, thankful for it. And, Lord, I, I just pray again that you would water our souls and our spirits tonight. Uh, Lord, just as we, as you did through worship, I just pray now that you would, uh, you would feed us through your word. Lord, we know your word is awesome, active, living, and true. And, Lord, I just ask that uh, we would have great revelation and understanding of your word. Lord, help me. As I present your word, Lord, I can't do this on my own, nor do I want to. I need your help, Lord. So I ask for an increase of your anointing to help me and anointing to be upon all those that are hearing tonight and the grace to apply to their lives. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Do you ever feel like David felt in this scripture? Maybe overwhelmed with everything that is going on in life? Feeling busy? Maybe too much to do? Or or stressful circumstances? Anybody ever felt like that? Of course, we all do. You know, on Sunday, Pastor Ty kicked off a series called Decompress, which is dealing with the the stresses and the burdens of life. So tonight, uh, I want to stay in that vein. I actually talked to him a little bit before, came down here a couple of hours ago and told him what I was feeling. And he said, man, that's that's great. Go with it. You know, just staying in the vein. Uh, this is not part two. Part two will be Sunday. I encourage you to come out to that. But we're just going to stay, kind of flow in the vein of that, of that decompressed series. Uh, and the main scripture that he used on Sunday comes from Matthew eleven twenty eight, And it says this, uh, Jesus said, come to me, all you who are weary and, and, and carry heavy burdens, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you. Let me teach you, because I'm humble and gentle at heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy to bear, and the burden I give you is light. You know, if you look at these two scriptures as I, as I begin to read that, you think about it. Jesus is offering here in Matthew 11 what David was longing for in Psalm 61. Right? He was saying, my heart is overwhelmed, Lord. Lord, lead me to a safe place. Lead me to, your, to, to, to a refuge, to a place of safety. So, uh, you know, a couple of thousand years before David is, or however long ago it was, you know, David was longing. He says, I'm overwhelmed, Lord, my heart. And if you read the Psalms a couple times, David, Psalm 52, Psalm 144, I think it is, or 149. I was reading these scriptures today and multiple times in the, in the, in the Psalms, uh, David's lamenting. He's saying, Lord, I'm overwhelmed. I need you. I need help. I need a refuge. So here we go years later. And again, Jesus is offering what King David was longing for. And I think we all long for that at times in life, right? So let's go back to Matthew eleven twenty eight 28, and 30. But I want to read it in, in the, the message translation tonight. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I like that. I'll show you how to take a real rest. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. 
I want to focus on one verse tonight, and I love the verse, and it says this, learn the unforced rhythms of grace. And that's what I really want to focus on tonight is, is grace. Jesus is saying that one of the antidotes to an overwhelmed, stressful life is tapping into his grace. It's tapping into God's grace. Not only did Jesus mention this and talk about this, we see all through the New Testament, especially whenever the Apostle Paul and the other apostles begin to, to write the rest of the New Testament. If you look at it, uh, the Apostle Paul, uh, in all of his epistles, he begins by greeting his readers with grace and peace. Go look at it. Every single one of the, the Apostle Paul's epistles, when he greets them, hey, this is the Paul reading. I greet you in the name of the Lord Jesus. Grace and peace be with you. That's how he, he opened his letters. And he ended all of them with a variation of, may God's grace be with you. So obviously, you know, Paul keeps reiterating grace. He keeps reiterating, may God's grace be with you. Obviously, Paul knew it was something that not only was a good thing to have, but we needed it if he began and ended every letter with grace. Amen? Not only Paul, John and Peter did the same thing. Peter said, may God give you more and more grace. Man, I like that. I could use and would like more and more grace, right? Some translations say there's a greater grace that it gives. And then the last verse in the Bible says, the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. The entire Bible ends with a statement, may the grace of the Lord Jesus be with you. So what does that word grace mean? What does it mean? We, I know sometimes we've maybe have heard and we've, we talked, we actually did a series, a couple of series ago and it was all about grace. But I just felt led tonight to talk again about uh, an antidote to being overwhelmed is grace. It's tapping in. So we got to, again, remember what is grace? What's the grace of God? As multiple mean, grace is one that we know of, of salvation is, is uh, unmerited favor. Grace is basically us getting something that we don't deserve, right? That's grace. But that's, some people stop there. They say, oh yeah, man, God's grace is good. I don't deserve salvation. He's given it to us. Absolutely. That's great. Uh, that, that, that is a true meaning. But in all of these Beginning in the end of the epistles and all what he was saying, actually, this is what the Greek word for grace and all of those means the same thing. It means this. It's the state of kindness and favor towards someone. Listen to this. Often with a focus on a benefit given. Often on a focus of there's a, there's a benefit. It's, 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 like I said, undeserved merit, but it's more than that. And we're going to see that in a minute. So keep that in mind. As the, the Greek, the, the, the original, you know, uh, uh, word, original language means that. And keep that in mind. We'll see the different aspects of grace. Remember Paul would end with every variation of, of may God's grace be with you. So at the very end, the last verse of first Timothy 6.21, in the message again, it says this, overwhelming grace keep you. I like that. Overwhelming grace keep you. And I just begin to think it would be much better for us to be overwhelmed by grace than be overwhelmed with stress. Would you agree? I'd much rather to be overwhelmed with God's grace than be overwhelmed with the with the, the, the stresses and burdens of life. So tonight I want to talk to you about overwhelming grace. Grace, overwhelming grace. You ever, like in, in say a setting like this or maybe at your house, you ever really, you ever 
sense where, where the presence of God was so thick, you were like overwhelmed with the presence of God. You maybe have gotten overwhelmed with emotion. You know, matter of fact, Miss Alberta is so sweet, sweet lady, loves the Lord. And we were praying, me and my wife were praying with her today at the hospital. And, you know, I anointed her with all. And, and we were just talking before and cutting up. And I anointed her with all. And I prayed for her. And after, you know, uh, we was done, she's like, you know, I don't know what it is, but every time I pray or somebody prays, I just get, and she starts tearing up. I just, I, I just, you know, start crying at the Lord's goodness in his presence. She just, she gets overwhelmed with the presence of God, with, with the grace of God, how good God is to her, you know. And so we want to be overwhelmed. I want to encourage you tonight that one of the ways, and you're going to hear a lot of the ways in the, in the weeks to come, to decompress from the pressures and the stresses of life is through tapping into the grace of God. Amen. So you remember, it's a benefit given. So what are some of the benefits of God's overwhelming grace? Well, number one, you get true rest when you tap into the grace of God. You get true rest. Look at Matthew eleven twenty eight again. It says, are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take a real rest. I like how it says that. I will show you how to take a real rest. Jesus is not just talking about physical rest, but spiritual refreshment. One commentator even said that this can be talking about a spiritual refreshment here, presently, or in the future. Because he says you will find rest for your souls, and most translations say that. So not, I believe it's both. I believe it's a, it's a spiritual refreshment here, but ultimately in, the, in, in, ultimately in the, the eternal future, when we get to heaven, our souls will be at rest for eternity, right? It, it very well could be the near future that our, our souls will be at rest. But see... When you get spiritually refreshed, that's a real rest. When you get rest like this, then you'll get refreshed spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically. It's not just like, oh, man, I got a long week and I need a rest. I need to go lay down and, or I need to go to, you know, to the lake or to the beach. And that's all great. I'm all about all this. We need to rest our bodies. But, you know, Pastor Ty talked about that Sunday, too. You ever been on vacation or been on a long weekend and you come back and you're still as wound tight as you was when you left? Because, you know, this thing up here hadn't stopped. The burdens and the burdens that we carry. See, real rest, as it says in there, is, is spirit, it starts tapping into the grace of God spiritually. Like Pastor Rob always says, it's like a, a shirt. If you, if you button the, a button-up shirt, if you get the first button right, all the other buttons line up, right? So we need to first get rested up, tap in spiritually, and then mental, emotional, and then the physical. It's a lot better when you are resting physically, when you got the mental and the emotional and the, the spiritual part, right, you can rest everything else. But again, that's where it starts. Matthew 6.33. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things will be added. So if we seek God first to rest in him spiritually first, then all the other rest we need for our minds and our emotions and our body will follow. Y'all tracking with me tonight? You know, I heard an illustration recently um, about, about life. And, and, and that, you know, when this, this woman of God had got this illustration and she didn't understand that at first, but she was going minister and the Lord spoke some, uh, some words to her and it was white water rafting. She was like, what? White water rafting? What in the world? She was going minister like on worship. What does that have to do? What is white water rafting? And as she began to pray and begin to think about it, how many of y'all ever been white water rafting? Let me see your hand. 
or you've seen people do it, okay? Especially if you've done it. And my wife and I got to, got to go whitewater rafting for the first time last summer. Um, and, and whitewater rafting, there's three elements to it. There's work, there's play, and then there's rest. There's work, because when you hit the rapids and you hit some big waves, the, the guide was like, all right, paddle, everybody paddle to the left, paddle fast, paddle hard, turn. And it's just like, and you, it's like all intense. He gets loud. There's a big wave coming. And he's like, if we don't hit this just perfect, we're all going to flip out. And it's like, what, man? Like, really? And so it's like, it takes work. You know, your anxiety level rises up then. And, and you got to work. You're paddling, man. You're sweating. Everybody has to be in accord. And then you, but then when you hit that wave just right, it's like, woo. And then there's the play. The play kicks in. It gets fun. And, you, you know, you're going all about it. It's, it's a great time. And then there's, so there's parts of the river where you have to work hard, parts where you're just kind of having fun. And then other parts of the river where it's just still and just, it's flowing and you could just rest. There was times it was like, he's going to be calm for a little bit. And he, we were, you know, we were in the mountains in Tennessee. And, and he was like, you just look around. Just enjoy the atmosphere. Just, you might see a deer or something. I'm like, oh, man, just beautiful mountains and trees. You know, we were in the summertime. So all the greenery, it was beautiful. And so there was a, there was a part of rest. And so when she said that, I was like, man, we had just went whitewater rafting. So it's like, that makes sense. Life is, is like that, too. We have work and play and rest. And all three of them are good, right? But this was the kicker. She said, don't get play and rest confused. They're not the same thing. We, when we off on the weekends or for vacation or whatnot, you know, we want to play. Everybody here probably has something they like to do, right? Maybe a hobby or something. But don't get play and rest confused. We need to make sure that we're resting and we're resting in the Lord. And I'll tell you how it really was driven home to me because when my wife told me, she's the one that heard this lady say this, it was during hunting season. And so she said, you know, don't get rest and play confused. And I begin to think because, you know, during hunting season, my son and I, we hunt a lot and we've been blessed with opportunities to go. And so sometimes it's every weekend, you know, we're, we're up, I mean, really early in the morning to, to get out in the duck blind and go hunting, you know? And so, um, so there's times like, man, this is, this is relaxing for me. I, you know, I, you, you know, get to see the sunrise and God's creation and the beauty of, you know, just, you know, places where the water was just completely still and whatnot, just beautiful trees, sunrise, you know, just, it's just great to, to see the, the woods waking up and all of that. But, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that when I come home later that day and sometimes the next day and sometimes even on Monday morning, I'm tired. <laughs> you ever been there? And I noticed, I, I'm, by any means, I'm not saying I'm old, but I'm not as young as I used to be. And as you start climbing up, it takes you a little longer to recover from those early mornings. Is it just me? Okay, it's true, right? So when my wife told me, that, I said, man, I got convicted, you know, because I have two days off. And I'm like, you know, that, that's a good point. I need to make sure. And there's some days, and you know, where I, I'd, I'd get opportunities and I'd be, I'd be hunting a lot, even on my vacations and whatnot. I got to make sure that I, one, have rest. And on those days, I can physically rest or rest and make sure I'm really spending some good time with the Lord to get rejuvenated. And then the next day, if I have the opportunity, I can go play and I can go hunting. Are y'all following me? So if you look at that in overall life, you know, that rest, again, it's not just, hey, I get to sleep late this day because I'm going to be waking up really early the next day, you know, to, to go hunting. But it's like, I got to make sure that, you know, it's really every day, not just one day, right? Spiritually, we got to find, but, you know, you got to just make sure that you're, you're spiritually getting refreshed. You spiritually and emotionally and mentally, you know, sometimes it's just hard to turn our minds off. Were y'all here Sunday when he showed that video? 
with the guy hauling the bag, you know, around. You know the main one that stuck out to me with that video was when he was in bed. He took that big old hunk of thing in bed with him, and it was in between him and his wife. And that's the one that hit me. How much stress we take to bed with us every night? How many of y'all would say, you know, sometimes it's just hard to go to sleep at night because you can't turn your mind off? You're either replaying things from that happened that day or you just consumed what's gonna, what you hope or you think might happen tomorrow. Come on, I'm preaching now. I'm stepping on toes now. But I, I'm trying to help, right? I mean, that's the truth. I'm, I'm guilty of that too. We, 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 we stay up. It keeps us up at night. That's why getting the spiritual rest, Jesus says, come to me. I will show you how to get true rest, real rest. We tap into the Lord's grace to get rest spiritually, mentally, emotionally. And then when you, get, when you get that part right, when you're ready to relax and rest physically, it'll be a lot nicer. Are y'all tracking with me? Am I making myself clear tonight? Amen. Number two, we get strength from God's grace. So number one, we get true rest. Number two, we get strength from God's grace. Remember, it's not just one you know, act, but we get strength. And this is, this is very important. We get empowered and strengthened. Look at 2 Timothy 2.1. It says, Timothy, my dear son, be strong through the grace that God gives you in Christ Jesus. You see that? Be strong through the grace. Where does, where does the, the strength run through? Grace. It runs through the grace of God. It runs through the grace of God. You see, if you, the history of this is when Paul was writing this to Timothy. In 1 Timothy, Timothy was overwhelmed because his church was growing so fast. The new church revival hit. I mean, people were getting saved left and right. And so Timothy's overwhelmed as a young pastor. He's having all these people come in totally. I mean, this is a whole new, you know, thing that's being taught with the, with the New Testament church. So he's telling that in the first, uh, Timothy. And in second Timothy, Timothy was greatly discouraged because he was losing members because they were afraid to lose their lives. So it's, if you look at the history of it, the first one he's writing him like encouraging, man, your church is blown up. That's awesome. Then in second Timothy, he's discouraged like all these people I had are either getting killed or they turning away from the Lord because they scared they're going to get killed because great persecution was coming on the church and they were killing Christians left and right. So as Pastor Todd always says, good and bad often travels on parallel tracks and arrives at the same time. So there was great revival breaking out, but great persecution at the same time. You know, one of Pastor Todd's points on Sunday was that the burdens of life not only robs you of tomorrow's health, but it also empties you of today's strength. Remember he said that Sunday? I don't know if you remember that. You can go to version, you can go to our website and check it out. If you hadn't listened to it, if you didn't make it Sunday, I encourage you to do so. But, but it's amazing. As I was preparing this message, I thought about that point. And I, I had it up on, on my computer and it's like, man... We need God's grace because you know what? The stresses and burdens of life empties us of our strength. Can you relate to that? When you get burdened, when you get stressed out, it's like, man, it zaps your strength. We, I was talking to, to, to a couple of guys yesterday about that, about how just, when, you know, when you get emotionally charged and, or if you cry, you get Man, that, that wipes you out more than working in the sun all day, right? When you're, you're just, you know, the stresses of life are weighing on you. We need God's grace to give us the strength that we need. Remember, God's grace is given to strengthen and empower us through tough times and tough tasks. God's grace is to empower us and strengthen us through tough times and tough tasks, which leads me to my next point. God, God's grace helps you to complete the task at hand. How many of y'all got some tasks ahead of you you got to do? Whether it be at work, life, your house, 
raising kids. Come on, parents, can I get an amen? amen? That's a task that we have at hand, right? But guess what? The grace of God will help us to complete this task. Amen? The Bible says that children are blessing and a reward from the Lord. You know, so God's going to give us the grace to, to do it, whatever. It might be at work. You might have a great task ahead of you at work or, or whatever it may be. Maybe a ministry God's called you to. Maybe children. Maybe your marriage. Maybe your marriage is, is, is hard right now. Maybe the task of getting another job. Maybe you've been laid off. And, and the task is, man, not even, my task ain't going to work right now. My, 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 my task is getting work. Whatever it is, God's grace helps you to complete the task. Look what it says in Acts 14.26. It says, the believers there had entrusted them to the grace of God to do the work they had now completed. You see that? The grace of God helped them to complete the work that was ahead of them. Amen? You ever feel like you have so much to do and so little time to do it? Every day, somebody said, every day, ain't enough hours in a day. How many of y'all said that before? Man, ain't enough hours in a day. When you tap into the Lord's grace, you can get things done in a supernatural way. When God's grace is operating in your life, you know, I can remember at one time in my life, uh, recently, about f- five years ago or so, I think it was, four to five years ago, I remember uh, just transitioning and, and I was getting more responsibilities here at the church. And you remember, I, I remember I was, I was the busiest I'd ever been in my life, but I wasn't stressed out. And I remember just tapping into it. Back then, I remember preaching a message on it, and, it was, I, I, and this is what it was talking about, was tapping into the sweet spot. God's grace is like the sweet spot. Amen. You know, the, 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 the NBA playoffs are going on right now. And, you know, uh, if, if you're familiar with basketball, you know, you have a, a, usually a backboard has the square. You see the square right behind the rim? And if you, if you do a bank shot, there's called the sweet spot on the backboard. And if you hit the ball right in that square at the perfect angle, it goes in every time. But you got to hit it in the perfect, the sweet spot, and it'll help you out to get the ball right in there. That's what God's grace is. It's the sweet spot of life. You can have a bunch of tasks ahead of you. But if you tapped into God's grace instead of being overwhelmed, stressed out, pulling your hair out, snapping at everybody around you, you can complete the task at hand. You remember, again, the, the rafting illustration I just talked about. We all have work to do. But when you tapped into the grace of God, you can complete the task in life instead of getting burdened, bogged down, and overwhelmed. You can be overwhelmed with the grace of God. You know, I've realized this, that sometimes it's hard. You're like, man, but I ain't got time. I ain't got time. We're going to talk about spending time with God in a minute. I ain't got time to tap in. How do you tap into the grace of God? I'm going to talk about that. But I found this, that if I spend my first part of the morning with the Lord, even though I might, I might have crazy things going on around me, there's people buzzing around here, this, that, and the other. If I slip away and I go spend my first part of the morning with the Lord, even though I might have when it seems like in the natural, have lost that time, I get more done in the rest of the day than if I would have just hit the ground running. I find that out. I'm not just saying, I've learned that. It's like, this is amazing. I got all this work to do, and I'm like, and I'm fighting, and I'm like going to spend time with the Lord, like, but man, I got this, this, and this. I got this meeting here. I got this, dude. I got all this stuff going on, but I just try to focus on, you know what? I need to spend time with Jesus. I need God's grace, and it's amazing. Every time it's like I can do it faster, more effective, and I'm not stressed out. Or I'm less stressed out sometimes, if I'm just honest, because I'm, I'm not going to stand up here and act like I nail it every time, right? 
but I have a higher chance of not being stressed out if I tap into the grace of God first thing. Are y'all, y'all tracking with me? So the grace of God will help you to complete the task at hand. Instead of being overwhelmed with your work, you can be overwhelmed with grace as you're doing whatever task that may be. Whether you're work, you're a stay-at-home mom, you're a grandmother, grandfather, whatever it is that you're doing, the grace of God will help you to complete. And I love that. It says that the, great, the work that they now completed. I don't know if you're like me. I love completing stuff. I hate having tasks undone. Things around the house. I, I try not to start too many projects around the house because I like to finish something. See, like Pastor Kelly, he can read like 18 books at the same time. Like not me. Like he just wired like that. He's, he just loves books and he can read and be, and he, he, he's good. Like for me, I can't do that. Like I need to go and, and, and finish one book and then I'm done. Pastor Kelly's like, yeah, I'm reading this book. I'm reading it. And it's great because he has all this information. I'm like, I never have to go to a bookstore again. I just go next door to his office, and I can get any book I want. This, this man of God has so many books. I'm telling you, it's like I never have to burn gas again. I'm just like, hey, Kelly, you got that book? He's like, oh, yeah, look, it's on the shelf right there, you know. But, you know, but I just I love completing the task. I love, you know, just, just finishing, finishing something up, and the grace of God will help you to do that. Amen? The fourth thing is that, you know, the things that seem impossible become possible with God's grace. Jesus said, with God, all things are possible, right? But, but look more specifically, 2 Thessalonians chapter 1 and verse 11. It says this, so we keep on praying for you, asking our God to enable you to live a life worthy of his call. May he give you the, po- give you the power to accomplish all the good things your faith prompts you to do. You heard that? May he give you the power. Remember that word. May he give you the power to do all your faith prompts you to do. Then the name of the Lord will be honored because of the way you live and you will be honored alone with the Lord. Look at this. This is all, everything you just talked about, is made possible because of what? The grace of our God and our Lord Jesus Christ. That power is made possible because of grace. Remember, we're empowered. We're strengthened by the grace of God. Things that seem impossible become possible. With God's grace, it's possible to get through or go through anything. You may be overwhelmed or so burdened that your situation may seem hopeless tonight. You may seem like there's no hope, but I want to encourage you. When you tap into God's grace, hope will arise and faith will arise in your life. And you get this new, this new spark of hope, this new spark of faith. Like, you know what? This mountain seems impossible. You know, me and Pastor Todd was talking about it today, and he, was, he reminded me of the scripture that says, you know, when you look at that mountain, say grace, grace to it. There's something to that. When you tap into the grace of God, mountains begin to remove. Or at least you have the faith that they will be removed. You have the hope. Amen? That you know what? I'm going to get through this what seems like impossible. So as we wrap up tonight, how, how do you tap into the grace of God? Let me just give you a few things, some how-tos to take with you. How, to you, how do you tap into God's grace? Well, the first way is very simple. You ask him for it. Let me ask you seriously, have you ever, when you pray, do you ask, God, I need your grace. May your grace be upon my life. Ask him specifically. Look at what Hebrews 4, 16 says. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God. There we will receive his mercy. And look what it says. We will find grace to help us when we need it most. He says, come to the throne of our gracious God. He's full of grace. Amen. He's full of grace. And we will receive mercy if we, when we will find grace to help us when we need it the most. 
See, when you need God's help the most is when grace comes through the most. Remember he said he gives you more and more grace. If your life seems more and more stressed out, more and more overwhelmed, he'll give you more and more grace. Overwhelming grace keep you, he said. And in the second way, which I was just talking about, we look at this more, and I, uh, again, I love to, to, uh, to get it out of this, is we need to spend time with him. That's the only way I know how to, how to get grace. It's to spend time with the Lord. It's to tap into that grace. It's, it's you you got you to gotta be in his presence, as we did tonight, but on a regular basis. Look, twice in Psalm 62, which we read earlier, the scripture we started with in Psalms, twice David said he waited for the Lord. He waited upon the Lord. Pastor Todd talked about this Sunday as well. Isaiah, Father, those that wait upon the Lord will renew their strength. That word wait not only means to physically wait and be with, but it means to trust. It means to hope in. It means to put your faith in. But we must spend time with him. Let's go back to Matthew 11, 28 and 30 in the message again. Listen to what he says again. I just want you to catch this. Are you tired, worn out, burned out on religion? Listen, come to me. Get away with me and you'll recover your life. I will show you how to take real work. Walk with me and work with me. Watch how I do it. Learn the unforced rhythms of grace. I won't lay anything heavy or ill-fitting on you. Keep company with me and you'll learn to live freely and lightly. So what do I mean by spending time with the Lord? I think the message says it great here. Listen to the four things and I'm going to just put them together. Get away with me. Walk with me. Watch how I do it. Learn. Keep company with me. That's how you spend time with the Lord. One, you get away with them. It's hard to spend, I mean, unless you're in an atmosphere like church where everybody's worshiping together, it's hard to spend time in a noisy break room. Isn't that right? Sometimes those of you that are married or even if you have a significant other, it's hard to spend time with my wife in a noisy restaurant. You ever like, hey, where do you want to go tonight? You want to go here? And it's like, it's too noisy. Like, I want to go in and have some, a more quiet time where we can actually spend time together. You know, get away with me, he said. You got to break away to spend time with the Lord. You got to find a place, a, a quiet place. You see the motto, Jesus served the motto. He, he slipped away and went on the mountain or went to the mountain or just said he would, he would slip away from people and just get away and get alone with the Lord. First of all, you got to get away. Got to get away from the crowd. You got to get away from the noise. You got to turn your phone off. Or at least put it on airplane mode if you like to use your phone for, for worship. It's hard to spend time with the Lord when you got your phone buzzing and beeping and texting and emailing and Facebook and Instagram alerts are going off. You got to get away. I'm serious. You got to break away. Walk with me. That, 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 sig- that signifies a, a, a continuous spending of time with the Lord. Not, oh yeah, I spend time with God every Wednesday and Sunday night. Or Sunday morning. No, walking with, walking with somebody is, is, when he says walk with me, it's continuous. It's a lifelong journey in pursuit of spending time with the Lord, right? Watch how I do it. You know, I remember when Pastor Timothy came, the pastor from China, and he talked about how the, the, the Eastern way of learning is different from the, the Western world. We, we've been influenced uh, by, by the Greek world, and so um, we learn by give you some points and read a book. The Eastern way, which would be like the Middle East, the, the way they learned, and the way even the Far East, when Pastor Timothy from China, he said the way that they learn is that you just watch somebody. You spend time with them, like say a chef, like a Chinese chef. 
He said like in those restaurants, they don't give them a handbook and a recipe as we do. We got recipe books and stuff like that. They watch them. They just watch how much ingredients they put here, there, that. And the person just, the apprentice learns by spending time with that person and watching them. I remember somebody said to me, man, that's probably why if you go to like Chinese restaurants, sometimes like it, it tastes different every time you go. And that's seriously, all joking, it might be why, because they do it by watching how much they put in their hand, how much sauce they add, how long they stir it for. It comes by watching. And you can only do that by spending time with that person, right? That's what Jesus is saying here. Learn from me. Keep company with me. And that, that's our terminology. Man, I, I like to be, you know, you want to have some company over tonight? You want to, you know, it, it's good to be around good company, right? That's what Jesus is saying. It's an ongoing, continuous observing, spending, walking with him, breaking away, getting alone with him. Getting alone. So that's the way you tap into grace. See, because it's supernatural. I can't say like, oh, today I feel like there's an eight on my grace meter today. You know, like I can't tell how much grace is on me, but, it, but, but I, 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 I'll say this. We must completely rely on the grace of God. We tap into it by asking him, spending time with him, and then completely relying on it. Look, Acts 13, 43 says this. Many Jews and devout converts to Judaism followed Paul and Barnabas, and the two men urged them to continue to rely on the grace of God. Continue to rely on the grace of God. Then 2 Corinthians 1, 8 and 10 says this. We think you ought to know, dear brothers and sisters, about our trouble we went through in the province of Asia. We were crushed and overwhelmed. There's that word again. We were crushed. That's what David said. I'm overwhelmed here. We were crushed and overwhelmed beyond our ability to endure. And we thought we would never live through it. In fact, we expected to die. Have you ever been there? He's like, man, I'm never going to get through this. I don't think I'm going to make it. Have you ever said that or thought that? I don't think I'm going to make it. I'm overwhelmed. I feel crushed. I feel overloaded. But as a result, We stop relying on ourselves and learn to rely only on God who raises the dead. Isn't that awesome? Rely on the grace of God. See, we go through things that are beyond our ability to endure. That's why we need God's grace. And I've learned this. Sometimes I don't realize that I was operating under grace till it was all over with. And I look back and like, that was only God's grace that I made it through that. You ever been through that? And you're like, that was, that had to be the grace of God. Or, you know, have you ever been around somebody that's been going through something extremely difficult? And you ask them, man, how how are you doing it? How are you doing that? I'm thinking about my, you know, my mom, you know, going through everything she's been through, losing her husband, losing her, her firstborn son, getting diagnosed with cancer, having a hip surgery and still having a good attitude and joy. And, and I'm just like, mom, how you doing? And all this kind of stuff. And she's like, and, and, you know, other people that are sick, Mr. Larry, different people that were walking through tremendous and maybe lost someone or, or been sick or overwhelmed with a stressful situation. I'm like, man, how are you doing it? How, how are you still like not only surviving, but you're still thriving and serving the Lord? And the common answer that I get from everybody is it's the grace of God. Have you ever heard somebody tell you that? It's the grace of God. I've heard my mom said it. It must be. It's the grace of God. And again, you can't measure it. It's not something tangible that like, okay, you know, I read four chapters today, so I should have this much great. You can't measure it. All I know is that the more time you spend with the Lord, the more you press in, something supernatural happens. 
And, and I, can't, I can't tangibly give it to you or show you exactly how you were. I'm just trying to position you to just get into God's grace. And, and I've experienced it in my own life when I lost my brother or when, like I said, I was most busiest time in my life. And I was just like, man, I remember just walking around like, I'm so busy, but like, man, I feel light. Like it was, it just, it hit me like, this is the grace of God. Grace of God is upon my life to walk through these things, you know. I mean, it hit me the other day too, just what we do as pastors. And I love it and calling, and I'm just going to share this. But it was like, I, I had um, a couple of weeks ago, we, I, I did a funeral for Miss Karen Prejean. And, and, and the, when I was in the, in the hospital room where the doctor came in, and was not the doctor, but she was a lady that worked for the for the hospital. And she came in and she was beginning to explain and give the family options, like you know she was she was she was going downhill and she was on a ventilator, and uh, and so they were starting to give her options of like you want to take her off the ventilator, the feuding tube, and and you know that's tough decisions for a family to make. I'm sure some of y'all have been in, the, in that situation before. And I'm just watching this lady, and she was doing a masterful job of it. Very sweet lady, very tender, was just. Trying not to overstep her boundaries and what, and just trying to help the family, you know. So I went out after and I told her, I said, "You did a, you did a great job. Thank you for being like with the family." And I was just thinking, like, man, that's got to be hard, you know. That's got to be hard, you know. Doctors have to talk to families like that all the time, you know. Paramedics get on the scene and have to have to, you know, deal with that kind of stuff. And then it kind of hit me, Pastor Kelly. I was like, "Well, that's kind of what we do, <laughs> you know. Like, we, you know, we we, we deal with a lot of." A lot of death and, and hurting people and, 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 you know, and it hit me like, wow, but you know, the grace of God helps us to do it, you know. The grace of God helps us. I'm, I'm so thankful I'm called. You know, I wasn't making light of it. It was just kind of like light bulb went off like, man, but it, it reminded me of like, there's no way we can do what we do without the grace of God. There's no way we can go to so many hospital visits and see so many people hurting and, and, and see people dying and see people devastated and tragedy and, and heartache. I mean, we love y'all. Our heart breaks for y'all when somebody gets laid off or when a child is sick or when, you know, we, we carry those burdens. The Bible says they carry one another's burdens. But, you know, the grace of God has enabled us to do that. It has called us. So he gives us the grace to do it. So I'm just saying all that to encourage you that that grace is available for you. You might think, man, I could never make it. If, if that tragedy happens, you know, I could never do that. Or I think that, man, I could never, you know, I couldn't be doing what this person is doing. I've heard people say, you know what, if, 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 if you have to walk through it, God will give you the grace to do it. You probably think right now I can't do it, and you probably couldn't. But if that time comes, God's going to give you the grace to do it. To walk through it. And also, like I said, my mom and, and brother Larry and so many other people not only walk through it, but have the joy through it. Still praise God through it. Still be a witness through it. Amen? That's what the grace of God empowers you to do. You know, seeing Pastor Kelly and, and Miss Karen, I know it's hard. I know it, I understand it's tough on them, you know, but, but the grace of God is that he's still, he's praying for people and still ministering. He, you know, he misses his dadness. You know, it comes in waves. We all know those of us that lost loved ones. But, you know, the, the, the grace of God, you know, helps you through that. If you lost a loved one, man, tap into the grace of God. If you have, you have any, whatever it is that's maybe overwhelming you, stressing you out, I just want to encourage you, tap into the grace of God. Amen. Why don't you go ahead and stand up with me as we close? Why don't you go ahead and just close your eyes there for a minute. And, and let me ask you, do you feel overwhelmed? We started with David saying, I feel overwhelmed. We see Paul saying, you know, we were crushed. We were overwhelmed. We thought we weren't going to make through it. 
But we also see Paul telling Timothy, overwhelming grace will keep you or can keep you if you tap into it. So I just want to encourage you tonight. If you're feeling overwhelmed, if you're feeling stressed, if you're feeling burdened, you know, somebody said recently, there's a difference between, or am I, I think it was Pastor Todd said it's Sunday. There's a difference between having a burden from the Lord and being burdened down with things we shouldn't be carrying, right? Because the Bible again says, bear one another's burden. It's different to have a burden from the Lord. He gives you the grace to do that. But there might be a burden you're carrying that you're not meant to carry. Come on, I just want, with every head bowed and every eye closed, if, if that's you, I just want you to signify. I'm not going to ask you to come down or nothing. But you say, Brandon, I'm feeling a little overwhelmed. I'm feeling a little burdened. Just lift your hands to the Lord right now. I want to pray for you. I want to pray for you. Okay, hands going up everywhere. Come on, let's pray. Come on, let's pray. Just ask the Lord. Just begin to ask him. Say, Lord, I need your grace. Come on, he said, boldly come to the throne of our gracious God. And you'll find mercy and the grace help and grace when you need it the most. Father, I pray for all those with their hands lifted right now. And I just pray for an impartation of grace. I pray that you begin to show them daily how to tap into your grace, how to get away with you and spend time with you and come to you. All those they, that, that tonight, Lord, that are weary and heavy burden, Lord, you said you would give them rest, true rest for their souls. I also want to encourage you, brothers and sisters. He says, to cast every care on him because he cares for you. He loves you. He cares for you. He don't want you to be overwhelmed. He wants you to be overwhelmed with his grace. Father, I pray overwhelming grace to be upon every single person with their hand up tonight that is stressed, carrying burdens, weak, weary. Father, I pray pour your grace out upon them, Lord. In Jesus' name. Now, if you don't mind, if you would just go ahead and put your hands down. One more thing that we started at. The grace of God is unmerited favor, something we didn't deserve. If you would keep your head bowed and your eyes closed for a minute, if you don't mind, we must relay, rely on God's grace to be saved, to be born again. Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 8 says this, God saved you by his grace when you believed, and you can't take credit for this. It is a gift from God. Salvation is not a reward for the good things we have done. None of us, and so none of us can boast about it. You know, we can't be right with God. That we're, you know, being saved, salvation, being born again is being in right standing with God. And, and that takes God's grace. We don't deserve it. We didn't do anything. We're not good enough. We can't come to church enough or anything to be in right standing with God. That only comes by grace through faith, one translation says. And having faith in Jesus Christ and that he died on the cross for our sins. If, if that's you tonight, you say, Brandon, I don't know if I'm right with God. I don't know if I died, that tonight would be my last night, that I, I would be spending eternity with the Lord. I need to be saved. I need to be right. If that's you, just slip your hands up and say, I just, and I want to pray for you. I want to lead you in a prayer. If you say, I need to get right with God tonight. I don't, want to, I don't want to leave tonight without giving you a chance to be made right with God, to be born again. If, if that's you and you say, I'm not sure. I don't know if I, where I'd spend eternity. Just slip your hand up and I want to lead you in a simple prayer. If there's anybody in the house, thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Praise God. I see your hand, man. Wait, well, for my brother right here in the front, anybody else, just pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I know that I'm a sinner. Lord, I ask that you forgive me of my sins. Lord, I want to be made right. I want to be made whole. I thank you for dying for me. I thank you for taking my sin, my shame, and my penalty. Thank you for your grace. 
that, that, that saves me and empowers me to live for you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen.